I want to welcome you to the Marysville 3CU Church. I appreciate you taking time to be with us today. If you're joining us by podcast, uh, you can also check us out at Marysville, the numeral 3cu.org. Marysville, the numeral 3cu.org. As we start our message today, let me start with a, a, a brief word of prayer. Lord, we pray that you would help us, instruct us, teach us, and help us to learn what you'd have us to learn. Help us with our words, help us with our understanding. Just guide and direct us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome. We're glad you're joining us. Today, in light of our current society and understandings, I feel led to begin a series of, uh, of sermons, a series of messages around man. Now, where this multi-week series will take us, to be honest, God knows. I'm trusting in him to, to guide and how long the series is and each topic that we might have from week to week. See, in today's society, it is confusing, I would think, for young people to understand, at least in the United States, what a man is. what being a man should be or being a good man let alone a Christian man let alone a husband and maybe a father and so it seems that it would be good that we start and lay out some foundational baselines now, not all men in, uh, are to, uh, will necessarily be husbands and fathers, but, but not knowing what a man is or should be would make it difficult to understand God's expectation of a man, expectations of a husband, expectations of a father, And so before we can preach, I guess I should say, we'll try to preach a little bit in here, but there's part of the role is teaching at times if needed. There is a difference between teaching and preaching, and it would seem that we need to have or take a little time from the teaching side to help us understand the preaching. And so the message today will be foundational and will play into some of the preaching in the continuation of the series. But today we're going to talk about some things that you might think is fundamental. For some it might say that's too fundamental. 
But we need to lay a baseline and begin at the beginning. I believe uh, Vince Lombardi was the one at the beginning of the football season. He was a, you might not know who he is, he was a football coach for the Green Bay Packers back in the day, way back in the day. And he would start the season out with these professional athletes and say, he would hold up a football and he would say, this is a football. So let us begin with some fundamentals here and lay some foundations because I don't want to make the assumption that you have the understanding of Scripture or understanding of, of, of interpreting Scripture or some of those different aspects. So we're going to start building some building blocks that will build from today and build forward. So to start with, let's talk and turn to Psalms 8. Our sermon title, our message title is, What is Man? And so we're going to talk, start there. And for I would like for you to turn to Psalms chapter 8. As we begin to lay down some of these fundamentals. And you will find in these teachings and in this message as you're turning there in your Bibles. That you will find some other things that should help you as you read scripture and understand scripture. But let us begin with Psalms chapter 8. It is a very short psalm. Um, some of the psalms, it's not atypical, but it is uh, only nine verses, so we will read all of them. And sometimes we started out with, O Lord, our Lord, but actually part of the text tells us, through the chief musician on the instrument of Gath, a psalm of David. So this is the psalm of David. So let's begin. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. We have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. In all the earth, may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now if we read that passage, in verse 3 it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? The premise of that is considering all these things. Considering all these things, what is man in comparison to all these things? Now, the Hebrew word here, I'm not going to read the Hebrew. That's not one of my strengths or capabilities. But as I research the word that's there, the Hebrew word there refers to mankind. 
mankind. So let us start to build our foundation that we can build on. The Old Testament is almost completely, I believe only in the book of Daniel, but the rest is not in Hebrew, but the rest of the Old Testament, I believe, is completely in Hebrew, as my recollection is from seminary. And this psalm is a psalm written by David, as we had said. And here in this passage, David refers to what is man. And it is referring to mankind. What is man? It is referring to mankind. Now let's look to the New Testament. The New Testament was written in Greek. It was translated from the Greek into the Latin. And so in Europe and those early times in the, in the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church, Latin. But in the original, the New Testament was in Greek. And in the original, the Old Testament was in Hebrew. Except for, I believe, the book of Daniel, which is in the Old Testament. So it was, again, translated into Latin, but it was originally in Greek. Now, in the New Testament, there is a book entitled Hebrews. And if you read Hebrews, you would find that it seems to be addressing those of the Hebrews with their understanding. But it is in the New Testament, and it is in its original in Greek. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6, I invite you to turn there. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6, it quotes Psalms 8. So let's read it. And you hear what we just read. Hebrews 2 verse 6 but one testified in a certain place saying what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him again it says what is man what is man now the benefit of looking at a passage in the old testament that is quoted in the new testament we get the benefit of seeing what god says to us through his word in both the Hebrew language and in the Greek. Linguistically, languages are different. Sometimes they reflect the society. Sometimes they reflect things that drive the culture. So in some cultures, you might have multiple words. If they're like up in Alaska, they might have multiple words for snow in their language, whereas we might have fewer words. In the English language, we have a word, we talk about love, but in Greek there's at least, I believe it's four Greek words. You've heard of some of them, agape, phileo, you've heard of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Phileo has to do with that brotherly love, and so Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. 
But by having both the Hebrew language view of a passage and then having it quoted in the Greek, we get a perspective and it starts filling in the whole. And so it gives us some benefits. And the Greek word used here when it says, what is man, is anthropos. Anthropos. A human being. Anthropos. And so we find then that when it says, what is man in the Old Testament, we're told that that's mankind. And then we look at it, the same passage as it is quoted in Greek, and we find some confirmation because it's, the word is anthropos. It's a human being. Now, I remember from my college days taking a class in cultural anthropology. So we're talking about the stu study of, a cultural study of humans, of mankind. Anthropos. Anthropos. So what I'm laying out here foundationally, as we talk about this series and understanding what it is, what is a man, then we can maybe help us understand what is a good man or what is a, a good Christian man or what is a good husband scripturally, or what is a good father scripturally, we have to start with these beginnings. And so we're starting with the word man. And in the Bible, as in other literature written in English, man in the English is often used in the generic form. In the generic form. In today's culture, in today's teaching, I'm not sure that that literary concept is broadly taught. It's something that I'm familiar with. Maybe others of my um, generation are familiar with. But man, as applied in English literature, often refers to mankind. in the generic form. Now, other languages approach this maybe in different ways. But in English, in English literature, when you find man, it may well be in the generic form. In these two cases, which is uh, two passages talking about the same psalm, it's man in the generic. Man in the generic. It means mankind, both men and women both men and women. Now, I cannot assume that you're familiar with Scripture. I cannot assume that you have been through these different passages. <coughs> Excuse me. Because sometimes, whether it's in Facebook or in a soundbite, someone might quote Scripture and it uses the word man. And what I want to share with you in this simple proof that we talked about is it's talking about man in the generic. 
There are some times when it might be talking about a male, but it might also be talking about man in the generic meaning mankind. And if you are aware of that, we've shown you an Old Testament example using the same passage in the Greek that's quoted to demonstrate to you that man sometimes is in the generic form, which is in term for in English literature, or in English in general, for man in the generic meaning, mankind, including both men and women. Now, what is man, meaning mankind, again is in the generic. Now, so be careful when you see a passage of scripture quoted in Facebook, quoted, quoted in Twitter, quoted wherever it might be quoted, that you don't judge it too quickly because it might be man in the generic form. It might, if you were to look at the Greek root word using some of the tools, it might actually be from the word anthropos, and again, mean men and women. And as you read scripture and you allow for that being the case, or knowing that that occurs in places, then it allows you to better understand what the scripture is trying to say. So as a woman would read it, she might say, that doesn't apply to me. When actually, it might apply, depending on her understanding of Scripture, for how often or how long she'd been reading it with the help of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit to help you in understanding Scripture, it can be quite the daunting task. Now, this might also help you to understand at what times it means men and women, when it means men and women. Now, that does not mean that every time you see the word man, that you can interchange it with men or women. It means that when it's used in the generic form, it means men and women. But most, an example might be if it would say a man, is probably meaning specifically. When it says man, it's probably more in the generic. Again, these are just some foundational thoughts as we look at Scripture and we learn to understand Scripture and learn to interpret Scripture. It's important that we understand that context. Now, There are times then it will address, Scripture will address, God will address men and women specifically. But it's important that we understand that salvation is available to both. And so look at, let us look to Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 28. Galatians chapter 3.
So Galatians is also in the New Testament, after the book of Corinthians. And this is a Pauline epistle, a letter written to those um, to the Galatians. To the Galatians. So, now, he's writing this to the church of Galatia. Makes sense? The Galatians live in Galatia. But if you're wondering where that name is, it's not a type of people. It's, from, it's based on where they are. Romans is to those of Rome. Corinthians to those from Corinth. Galatians goes to those of Galatia. Again, it's in the New Testament. Now, let's look at the scripture in Galatians 3. 26 through 28. For you all, let me start again. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, when we started that, it says, if you are all sons of God, and there's some indication that it's sons, and there's some indication that it might be descendants. But when it goes on, it says, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Meaning, it is available, salvation is available to all. Not just free Jewish men. It is available to all. There's no distinction. And in this case, he makes, uh, the scripture tells us that it is, there is neither male nor female. It calls it out. It is for all. It is for all. And so that's what we need to understand, that it is for all. It's available. It's available. Now, given some of the confusion to today's culture, We are in this series of messages, week after week, are going to look at some of these different things that speak specifically to the male roles. That one, in my opinion, seems to be the one that's most under attack. And you might say most under attack, the definition of what the role is seems to be being picked apart and and adjusted and and moved around and it becomes very difficult and in situations where men are raised without fathers and they are told what it is to be a man by people that aren't men it can be very confusing to them because I would suggest to you 
that just as difficult a woman would say for a man to understand a woman is for a woman to understand what it is to be a man. She can try. But it's not only young men that need to understand what it means to be a Christian man. See, society today, just about what it means to be a man is not clear. But to know what it is to be a Christian man, it would be good if the women understood what it is, what it means, what it looks like when you see a Christian man. How do you identify a good man, a good Christian man, a good, what's a good husband look like? What's a good father look like? Based on what Bible, what the Bible teaches us. And so we've just started. We've just laid some fundamentals. Just laid some understanding. And some of these techniques we've used in talking about the Greek words and the Hebrew words, we will continue to do. And some of these things that we need to come and understand, we will draw out some more. And Lord willing, I believe the next in our series for next week is what is a man? What is a man? Not amen. Not amen. Not amen. Amen. A-M-A-N. Can't, I was so frustrated when I heard someone say, Amen and a woman. First of all, it's amen, A-M-E-N, not a man and a woman. It's A-M-E-N. Let it be so in me also is what that means. Has nothing to do with gender. So saying a man and a woman is ridiculous. Thus we need this message. Amen, A-M-E-N, is let it be so. Nothing to do with gender. I believe it just shows ignorance. And it was so disheartening to see someone that is a um, credentialed minister in a Protestant denomination make that horrible mistake. So join us in this series. Come and join us in person here in Marysville, 232 North Main Street, Marysville, Ohio. Look us up on Facebook, marysville3cu.org, and keep track of the series or um, sorry, I said on Facebook, I made the website. But it's very disheartening that it's very difficult today for young men to know what it is to be a man. And so with the Lord's help, we will do our best to bring out what Scripture tells us about it. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would be with each one that has heard this message. Lord, we know that it was somewhat fundamental in places for some. For some, it might have been enlightening because they don't have the benefit of Sunday school or the benefit of having read the scriptures before, and they might be searching. And we pray to the Lord that those that have heard this before would be patient 
And Father, for those that this is new, help us to be patient, to teach and to preach in a way that is instructive to them. And Father, might they find the insights that they need. But most of all, we pray that they might realize that salvation is all is for all men and women. And that they can accept you into their lives. And you can make a difference in their life. In all the confusion that's going on, that they can gain clarity and guidance through your word and through your Holy Spirit that comes alongside and instructs and teaches and helps us. And Lord, that they can take that turmoil and that feeling of being alone and feel you walking right beside them through the presence of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, we just want to thank you again for being with us. We pray that the Lord would teach you, the Lord would guide you, the Lord would instruct you, and this series would be meaningful to you. May the Lord bless you.